0: Hey guys, Michael here. I know that most of the time on this podcast, if you're a regular listener, you know that we talk about really doofy stuff like Survivor, basketball, reality, Netflix shows. Um, But just with the current state of things, I just didn't feel right about not using this platform to address uh, the current state of um, our society when it comes to race and the way that we interact with each other and the systems that are in place. Um, And so uh, on this episode, I have my really great friend uh, Cedric Duncan on. Um, Cedric is uh, most importantly a good friend to me. He's also um, black and I really think we had a really awesome conversation and I hope that um, in a world where maybe you have feelings and you don't know that you have someone to talk about it with, um, this is helpful to you in in having that conversation. I really don't know what else to say, but um, I do just want to say that um, Black Lives Matter. I hope that we in our families and with our friends are able to start having uh, these conversations about not just um, how we feel, but what can we do? And how can we work to a better, more equitable society um, for all people? Um, And I think that for me, this conversation was insightful and I hope that you find it that way too. If you're listening and you feel uncomfortable or you take issue with something that was said, I I hope that you don't turn the podcast off. I hope that you sit with it. And sometimes um, when we feel defensive, um, maybe that is a good indicator um, that we can dig into that more. And I, I say that from personal experience and, um, I hope that I came from at this from a humble place, and once again, I'm just really thankful for Cedric and his insight and his perspective, and um, I I hope to continue to learn more and to continue these conversations as we go. Um, But thank you for listening today. Enjoy. All right, Uh, thank you for tuning in to the pod today. I'm here with my good friend Cedric. Cedric, what's up?
1: Hey, everybody. How's it going? uh happy to be here what's up
0: michael i'm doing good man i'm really glad you're here i'm really glad you're here
1: thanks so much I, i'm really glad to be here Love talking. love talking yeah. about this stuff, so yeah.
0: um so why don't you just tell everybody about yourself a little bit so that people can like get to know you better like where are you from where you went to school all that
1: yeah so i'm originally from memphis tennessee uh shout out to 901 uh it's it's a good town. I miss some good food, some good barbecue, good wings, uh fried chicken. That's a uh, good stuff. Uh but yeah, I I grew up there. Uh I am uh let's see. I went to Harding Academy of Memphis, which is a pretty popular spot for a lot of our friends. I feel like we uh uh I think we, I think I about went to college with Michael in about 15 other of my high school classmates, which is kind of weird, which and is about
0: like 30 of my high school classmates, yeah, so. yeah, which is, which
1: is a lot for, for our university, uh, of the small size of that we went to. Um, but the, I guess the unique thing about my high school is that it was a private school, but it was about, uh, 40%. My year was about 40% black and which for a private school was the most was in in Tennessee was the, the highest diversity of a private school in tennessee dang yeah so it was like having 40 percent black people in my year for a class was like the highest amount of diversity of any private school in tennessee so it was it cost it was really interesting and like you could see how things adjusted that way memphis is a very interesting place for people that
0: have never gone so yeah so um just sticking with that like what is it like how is memphis and nashville different
1: oh um so there's a, a lot of black people in memphis <laughs> lots of <laughs> black people also if you can't tell in the podcast i am black um but yeah there's a lot of black people in memphis um it's very different from nashville i think nashville has a almost a higher hispanic population than it does an african-american population uh so yeah memphis and so there's a lot just a, a higher urban culture there and um like the culture that African-Americans kind of bring to a city, like, it's just, it's more like an Atlanta than it is a, like, Knoxville or, or like a, I don't don't even know, like a Columbus. It's like very, very, it's, it's very, it's very interesting and different, but also what makes Memphis even more interesting with the, the large amount of black people there is that it's also surrounded by Mississippi and right next to Arkansas. So there's like this heavy urban black culture in Memphis and then there's like surrounded by, Country Mississippi, Country Arkansas. So there's this very, very weird dynamic in the city. Very, very weird. Yeah. It's very strange. I
0: definitely like picked up on that in like the yeah. short amount of time I spent in Memphis. Like I remember I was there, and we we were like, well, let's just go to Arkansas real quick in Mississippi, and it is like, just like right across the Mississippi River, you're in Arkansas, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is it, not the same. It
1: kind of hits you like a break. You're like, oh wow, like I just went from like everybody wearing J's. Jordan's for people that one. <laughs> everybody wearing Jays to like. Everybody wearing like educating the audience. Huh? <laughs> everybody man? wearing like Magellan Magellan shirts and like uh like cowboy boots, like well not cowboy boots, but like those outdoor boots. Like, it's like, like it is such a a strange dynamic of people. Like, it it really is very strange. But it's a it's a fun city to grow up in. Very interesting city to grow up in.
0: Yeah, totally. Um. So, you know, I, I had you on the pod today. Like, normally, we don't have serious conversations on my podcast. It's just, like, you know, talking about, like, sports or, yeah. like, Survivor or whatever. And, I, you know, I, I wanted to do another dumb podcast, and I just didn't I didn't feel like this was the right time. Like, I've, I've listened all the TV I've watched and all of the, like, podcasts I listen to are spending time talking about like the world, the current events of today. And you know, with the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud and the thousands of others throughout our history, I feel like it's kind of getting taken noted now. So just like what has the last two weeks been like for you as, you know, I feel like especially for you, you have a lot of white friends. Like I feel like you're a lot of white friends, only black friend so yeah. what is that like right no, now
1: you you literally just hit the nail on the head so also this kind of connects with growing up in memphis um i i grew up around like 50 percent black people 50 percent white people like like just completely straight down the middle and so that that has kind of channeled into my experience and just being able to grow up with certain types of people but moving to nashville like as i said like nashville has a heavier uh white population so mo- a lot of my friends and going to private Christian college like most of my friends were were white and and here most of my friends here are white and so as as you were saying like I am definitely a lot of people's like either only or like one of two or three like black friends and so it's very it's creates a very interesting dynamic and so you said what over the last two weeks I've, I've got like a lot of like like people have asked me just like a lot of questions about like um, just like my experiences as being like a black person. And to be honest, like I'm very, I'm very outward and like, um, vocal about it. I'm very vocal about racial issues and race issues and, um, police brutality and things like that in general and voting and, and politics in general. So I feel like people more than most, more than most people and more than most friends, they feel that they can reach out to me and just like talk to me about my experience and, um, and just like different issues because I, I, I do talk about it on the regular but yeah, I've had a lot of people reach out to me um and just check up on me and see see what I'm feeling. So
0: Are you getting a lot of texts that are like, Hey man, how are you doing? Or is it more like, Hey man, uh, educate me or is it like I don't even like what what sort of messages are you getting from your white friends?
1: It's it's really all of the above. It's really all of the above. And I think that there is a temptation for uh, a lot of black people to be like, why are why are all my white friends doing this? Like, I hate that they are texting. Me. Like, I just feel like they're mm. like, I just want them to stop. But then you have to stop and realize that like, this is new to a lot of people. Like, this isn't like this isn't like this isn't old news for you. Like, this is my experience growing up, and so I've seen this all the time. And even particularly in Memphis, I've seen this growing up and in, in the South. So like, for a lot of people that either didn't grow up around a lot of black people or didn't grow up, uh, in like a Southern city, like you're even less exposed to it. And so like, I, I enjoy the conversation and just trying to educate people and just like, not even just educate, but just like tell them like, like about my experience and like, like just different things that happened to me when I was younger and how I can relate to like different circumstances.
0: Yeah. So like, I guess how, how is the conversation in the black community because that's a conversation I'm not at all involved with. Like I have no, I have no perspective on. So like, I can kind of understand like the white people talking Mm -hmm. to you, like what they might be saying, but what is that like in the black community right now?
1: Um, it is very strange. And I, I, I feel like that's the word. Um, when I talk to black people about, I feel like the the consensus is like things are very strange, things are very weird because it's almost like. To give you an example, um, in terms of the the New York Times just had some polling that just got released, and basically the the perspective and outlook, positive perspective and outlook on Black Lives Matter, has gone up almost to the same degree, like, in the last two weeks, has shot up in the last two weeks, almost at the same uh, percentage that it had grown in the last two years. Yeah. So it's, like, this moment. So it's very weird because it's happening so fast. And so for me, as a black person, like, who's been, like, talking about police brutality, and for a lot of black people who are kind of, like, in the know about this because it's it's part of our life ex- the majority of black people's life experience it's like things are happening so so fast and you're like oh this is like this is cool and interesting also, but also like very strange and like uh, like because it's sh- everything's happening very quickly and just hoping that things work out for the best but you never know because like this happened where like this big push happened uh, what was that four years ago in 2016 where Fulano mm-hmm. Ocasio and Alston Sterling got killed I think it was either on the same day or within a day of each other yeah. and so there were both video cameras uh, released of both of those incidents and so like it this is almost like if it feels like a PTSD moment where you're like oh this is happening again but it also feels more positive because there's so much more so many more people investing in it, there's more companies getting behind it there's like more protests and stuff like that so it, it's, it's definitely a weird feeling but I think that Black, you are still trying to make a lot of it, or make really trying to understand what's going on. So,
0: yeah, that's that's interesting because like I didn't know if it would be like, I, I I don't know, and I think the the thing that I think most of us when we say we're talking to people about this, and when I say we, probably mean like mostly white people, we're mm-hmm. thinking like I'm tweeting about this or I'm Instagramming about this, like, a, a you know, or like, yeah. you know, the black square thing. The or black whatever. square, gotta love it. Um, I, which I still don't know if that was helpful or harmful. Like, I, I kept seeing people, like, it seemed like the right thing to do, so I put a black square up, and then it was like, actually, this is not good, so I took it down. I don't know, but, um, like, I just wonder, like, it's good to hear you talk about it, because, mm-hmm. like, I honestly didn't know, like, what the perception is on what we're on, what we meaning white people are, are doing like, it's like, Oh, y'all are just now figuring this out. Like this has been going on in this con, this continent for 400 years.
1: Yeah. I mean the whole social media aspect of it, this is how I look at it. I think that like, I think you I relate it back to how when people are when like, you have white friends texting you as a black person, like, You kind of just have to take it as a, look, this is new to a lot of people. Like this is very new to a lot of people. Like this is, it's something that they haven't seen before. And so that's why like this is like a big deal. And I think, I think it's great that people post it because all it does is show like awareness because it's like even if someone is just posting it for their own self-envy or posting it because everyone's doing it, I think that it still makes a note in their mind. And when they look back at their Instagram, when somebody looks at their Instagram, they're able to see like, oh, I posted this because this was a thing. Like this is mm. this is a real thing. Because so for the longest time, which I talk about with, to people with this uh, a lot, for the longest time, there are, and there are still to this day, like which. Even after all of these videos and after all, there's still people to this day who don't think racism exists, do not think police brutality is is expe- exists or is focused in on black people. And so there's this moment where it's like at least people are even starting to realize that like this is a thing. Like this actually happens. And like this is like not just thing, but this is a serious issue. Like, yeah. So
0: Yeah, and I I think that's really good that people are starting to understand it. And like the reason that I feel really Like, I should talk about it publicly is because I think that, like, if all white people ever hear is, like, from their, like, really, like, either out there, like, super, like, quote unquote, liberal friend, like, friend tweeting Black Lives Matter, or, like, from only other black, only black people, it doesn't, like... You know, I think that that's part of privilege is like, I have a voice that some people will listen to. And so like, it's like, Hey, just so everybody knows, I'm not like a radical, crazy person. I'm talking about like a legitimate, logical thing here. And so like, that's some, something that has made me like rethink, how am I using my voice, my platforms? Like, and this is something I, I think I really struggle with is people are like posting on social media doesn't do anything like blah blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you're right. But especially right now, like literally everyone's online all the time for all of our jobs, for everything else. Like we're not even seeing other people in person very much. So in a way, like social media is like the marketplace that you're having those conversations about. And so I do think that there is like some value in it. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I think you're very correct in
1: everything that you're saying in regards to especially in regards to having a voice to the people that you are around because the thing is like you were t- telling um a lot of the p- times the only people that really share their views on this are people on the far sides of each issue Are the people that are very into politics very into racial issues like they're going to tweet They're going to post Black Lives Matter within two seconds of a Black person getting killed, and then you're going to hear on the far right side, you're going to hear, but all the police aren't bad. On the you're you're going to hear that, and so it is good for people in the middle, or you would say like, you say moderate people, or independent people, or like people that are just like trying to figure everything out, to be like, hey, like, this isn't a partisan issue, or like this isn't like something that I have to take a stance. It's like, this just happens. Like, this is this is not, like, something that people are making up. Like, this is real. It happens. And I think that's what this whole thing is about, especially the squares. Um, in my opinion, I come from the point of view of, like, it's good that people are posting it because it's good to make people aware that, like, this happens. and Like, this is a thing. Like, it's not just, like, a one-off. Like, this is a constant issue.
0: Right. And I think, like... The one, like, really good thing for the squares for me to see was, like, oh, because I think, like you were saying, like, it's really people on either ends that you ever hear from, like, the 15%. Exactly. On, like, the far, like, progressive people, and then, like, the 15% far conservative people. And now you've got, like, about as, like, middle of a of America pe- per people that you can think of who are, like, posting Black Lives Matter. Exactly. And it's, like... Okay, so then I'm thinking, so is America waking up or is this a trend? And I think that's what, what do you think about that?
1: That is an excellent
0: question, my friend Michael.
1: I think whether it is a trend or not, I think it has showed, I don't know if it's saying that America is waking up. I think it's saying that there is progress in there's progress in society hmm. as far as seeing that like this is an issue I guess I guess I would say that people are waking up and I think it's mainly our generation which uh we are both in the age demographic of like I guess that demographic would be 20 to 35 yeah. what is that the yeah
0: we're we're like late millennials yeah late
1: millennials so our generation is basically waking up and seeing this and like We don't want this to be a thing for our kids. I feel like that is what I take from it. The most of all of this happening right now is that our generation is tired of it. It's like is like whether, like even people that are like, I know like people that I know who will probably vote for someone who is not too keen on racial issues who are like, I am not the biggest like progressive or not not the biggest like liberal, but they're like, I don't want this to be an issue for mm. like my kids. Like I, I've seen that in people that like you would not expect to like talk to about or post about it. And so I think that has been a change. So I think it's, I am hesitant to say waking up, but I, I feel like it's definitely in our generation It's more, it's like a definite realization of like, we don't want this. Like this is, this is an issue and we don't want this to continue on
0: right that makes any sense i think that's super like super encouraging to see because like i was talking to madeline about this the other day and just like it is a once you like understand that like oh i'm treated differently because i'm white like once i understand like i've been pulled over eight times i have never felt unsafe I've only received two tickets in a citation and let go the other five times because I acted, quote, unquote, respectfully towards the police officer. And it's like once you start to understand, like, oh, I actually might have some sort of privilege that not everyone has, it's kind of a, I want to say slippery slope, but, like, in a good way because once you understand that, you're able to understand like so much more so much quicker than if you were just like had your head buried in the sand, you know? Yes.
1: Yes. I don't, I don't even know if I need to expand on that more. Cause it's just, you, you nailed it so perfectly on the head. Cause once people realize, like I was talking to a friend about this, like I had to realize my privilege in being a man. Like that was one of the things that I had to realize, uh, realized, and I didn't really realize it until I really started talking to my female friends of like, this is how workplace sexual harassment happens. And this Mm. is instances of, of like, of guys like hitting on me and like catcalling me. That's like, it's just completely not appropriate. And in my head, like I had just never thought of that. Like, and so like when that hit me as a man, I was like, I have to understand, like I have to be aware of this and I have to be aware of like, to call this out when I see it Mm. and like know that this is a problem and it's not even just a problem like it's a pervasive problem in society and I think that's what you're nailing on the head with like like calling out your your privilege like your white privilege is like when you realize that this is something that like benefits you in society it is important for you to like call it out when you see it being weaponized against someone Mm. for their race.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, one thing I've been thinking about a lot is that it's not the problem that I have privilege. It's a problem that not everyone has that privilege. It's a problem that not everyone has the benefit of the doubt. And, like, I, I do you remember the ABC show, like, What Would You Do?
1: Yes, I love that show. It's a great show. And so
0: on one of the episodes, I saw this, like, they – had they had chained a bike to this a sign is, this is the best episode. in the in like in the park and they had um first they had i think first they had a white a white like 17 year old come and remove the bike without like opening the lock like he like sawed the chain off before someone was like hey is that your bike like are you stealing that bike and i don't even know he might have actually gotten away with the bike And then they sent a black 17-year-old out to do the exact same thing. And within, like, 15 seconds, somebody was like, hey, is that your bike? Like, stay right there. Like, I'm – don't – like, is this your bike? Like, accusing him. And it's like, this other dude had to, like, get a saw out and start (laughs) sawing the chain off before anybody got suspicious. You know? And so, like, I think that the issue is not, like – and that's what I want, like, the my white listeners to understand is, like, I'm not saying, like, you should be treated like a black person in society. I'm saying that, like, black people should be treated the same as us, you know? And not, and, and then, you know, and this takes me right into, like, what I, one thing I want to talk about is, like, some of the responses that I've heard when it comes to, like, people talking about this. So, like, for instance, like, one thing I obviously there's all lives matter. Like, yeah. So black lives matter, right? (laughs) Like that's how I want to respond every time. It's like, if you can't say black lives matter, what's going on there? Like, what do you think about people that say all lives matter? What does that make you feel?
1: I just want to take the listeners to the time period where black lives matter was just kind of starting up and getting more popular and I want you guys to realize that, like, Black Lives Matter is, like, an actual organization. It is, like, an organization that has, like, people that work for it that, like, 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 they do amazing things in terms of, like, really helping push for the fight against police brutality. All Lives Matter is not an organization. It is just a hashtag that some unsuspecting person who hates progress... Decided to come up with because they wanted to retaliate against Black Lives Matter. It's not a, It's not an organization. It never has been. Probably never will be, especially at like right now. And so I just want to put that out there for like that is first of all the major difference. I would I would always I would like to tell people, but it's just a matter of realizing that Black people have a different experience mm. than. I would say white people, and I would say any other race in America. There is no one that will ever have a similar, there is no other race that will ever have a similar experience to, to the black race. And I think people like to compare that um, certain Asian Americans were in slavery and the Irish Americans were in slavery. There is no type of comparison you can put on it with black people in America. 400 years of slavery and then people yeah. like to say, "Oh, well, like you guys should be fine by this point." I'm like, "You do understand that, like, the housing economic uh, issues mm. crashed. It was that in 2012, the housing uh, 2008. The housing it was before Obama. Yeah, got sorry, it. I'm sorry. Yeah. In 2008, and we're still recovering from effects of that.
0: Hmm.
1: How do you think an entire race of people?" can recover from 400 years of not just being enslaved but being deprived of economic resources being deprived of wealth being deprived of education Uh, jim crow laws and civil rights was just 50 years ago Mm. that was just 50 years ago and a lot of people kind of forget that in this in the age that we're in of Oh, yeah, like, like black people should be able to be up to the same level that white people are. I, I mean, like there are rich black people out there like they're a rich like they should be like the same as like civil rights, literally people were getting cigarette butts um, like put out on their heads in restaurants less than 50 years ago. Right. And you're just like, and I feel like when a lot of times when people hear that, they're just like, 50 years ago is not a long time, right. And I think there's this instance where people like to say that the equivocation of all lives matter. So like, why do I have to say Black Lives Matter? I say Black Lives Matter because there's a specific experience and a specific um, attack that has been on Black people from the police, from the from society. Society was not American society was not built for Black people. Mm. Like it it just wasn't. Like we we were brought here as slaves. Like it wasn't built for black people right and so i think a lot of people sorry i didn't say that into mike and a lot of people forget that is like america was not built for black people like it was built for white people it was built not even just white people it was built for white men right that is what america was built for end of story it was built
0: by black people for (laughs) white men exactly nailed it and i think you know that's something like one like i was saying like once you understand your, like that that white privilege exists if i'm a white person i understand white privilege exists. Okay, the next step is Okay, but what does that mean? And so like what you were talking about like uh there's Martin Luther King, like there's a video which there's not a ton of video of him talking and he's like a lot of like white men say pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But what I'm saying is how are you going to pull yourself when you up when you have no bootstraps to pull to like to reach down and grab. And it's like yes, that's what I'm talking about because like okay, so when slavery ended then we're talking about okay so you're behind because all the white people own property Yep. like you have no like you know like for instance like my parents own the house that i pay rent in i have i pay less rent than the average person would pay to live right here why because my parents inherited this house from my grandparents and like someday when my parents die i'm gonna inherit money and by like white people's standards i'm like you know middle class like my i'm we're not a wealthy family both my parents are teachers but like the point is like when you are starting from behind zero like wherever the starting line is you're starting behind it why because of redlining laws if you don't know what redlining laws we don't have to get into the history of it now like Google it because like bank loans yes bank loans like all this stuff you know like a lot of uh, black um, veterans were not eligible for the GI bill like there's all sorts of stuff that I think when we th- that the GI bill was not even a hundred years ago nope so start me start someone off with a hundred thousand dollars a hundred years ago and start someone off with zero, and see where they're at now. Because, like, it's hard to, to make it. Like, I have privilege, and it's hard to pay the bills. It's hard to get a job that, that works for me, like, even with a college degree. And I have privilege. And so it's, it's really, like, I think that's something, like, everyone has to understand. Like, white privilege goes beyond policing. Like, it was in the law. It was literally in the law not that long ago.
1: Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. I I don't even know how to follow that. But you know that. <laughs> I I think the only thing like you brought up about how it was in the law, I would say in terms of policing, like for people that are trying to talk to other their their white friends or people that just don't understand their white privilege or don't understand why police brutality is a thing, policing started out as a force that was sent out to go round up slaves. It was called slave patrol. Slave patrol. Yeah. You're right. Slave patrol. So if that was the way it started and the culture just inseminated from there and that, so slavery happened 400 years ago, Um, ended emancipation proclamation. And I use the term ended loosely because it didn't really, uh, 1865. 1865. So about 200 years. So that ended. So slave patrol ended around 200 years ago. Then the policing started, but civil rights just ended. Um, Everyone, full people got their full civil rights around 50 years ago. So think about three about 300 years worth of institutionalized knowledge of basically we started out rounding up black people and people think that all that's just going to change in 50 years like Mm -hmm. like the 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 culture behind that is just going to change in 50 years it doesn't It, it cannot change nothing can change that fast just absolutely nothing and so that's why um people when a lot of people talk about the police department it's not I always hesitate to say it is a people problem mm. because I really don't think it is. I think it is a culture problem of the police. I think it is a system in which they target certain communities because they're like, this is how we keep violence down. This is how, these are the peop, these are the problems. These are the problematic people. And through the history of what America has taught us, it's like. The problematic people are the black people. Not even problem. Now, with the increase of Hispanics in America, it's like the black and the brown people. Mm-hmm. And so, that is it, in American cultures, like that will always be the culture of the police is inherently slave patrol rounding up blacks.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's hard when something is started exactly for a purpose to achieve something entirely different than that purpose. And, And so like, um, you know, same with you could take that whole thing and change it to our country at large, especially our country in the South, because literally the whole culture of the South was about like antebellum living like on plantations, like, and it was built in this culture and so we can't expect fast changes, and so I think that, like, and, you know, the, literally the first time I heard, like, people I knew calling to a, quote, unquote, abolish the police, that was literally one week ago, was the first time I was like, oh, people seriously want to abolish the police, and, you know, that's hard for me, you know, and I, because, like, there is at least one Metro Nashville police officer I would legit like crack a beer with anytime. Like he's an excellent guy, but the issue is not him. The issue is the system itself. And so like, you know, for people who've never been police officers like me, that's kind of hard to understand. And so I would, I would say it like this is, um, any sort of organization that supports 100% conformity has a problem. Exactly. Um, Like, you know, when I played football in high school, it was like very serious. Like our coach was like, you need to be in bed by 9.30 every night. Like you need to not date anybody during the football season. Like this, 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 and this, which no one followed those rules. But at the same time, it creates a culture of secrecy and things like that, which are ultimately not healthy things to have in society and so like anytime like which is one of the biggest issues i see in our country today is the tribalism like no one can admit like anyone in their tribe was ever in the wrong ever and i think that's the problem is because um it seems to me like a lot of like my friends um have adopted this view of um the police like, no policeman can do anything wrong. Like, well, we don't know the whole story. And it's like, okay, but like, and and I don't, and the thing is, like, I see it in my own life, too, because I'm like, would I ever want to admit that, like, you did anything wrong, or, like, any, like, one of my best friends, like, did something wrong and hurt someone, like, where Where do I draw the line on'm like, hey, like we can all admit they're wrong, and I think that's something yeah. that that we need to talk about because I feel like we're so just divided right now, we can't like clearly see when someone is in the wrong and call it for what it is,
1: yeah, tribalism is 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 very real and very prevalent right now, and I think it's especially plays a role in policing um and i I say this as one of my best friends is a police officer. Like, he is. And uh, he's a black guy. He, he He's uh, in Memphis. And for me, and I'll just connect it to the George Floyd um, killing. For me, I don't ever think my friend would be the guy on his neck um, that's killed him. And that's stood on his neck for eight minutes. I think the scenario, what I fear would, could be the scenario that he could find himself in, would be one of the the sub officers that basically can't question his superior officer because of the way that the culture is in policing,
0: mm.
1: and that's what scares me more than the right. guy Derek Chauvin, the the guy who murdered yeah. George Floyd, is that why does policing have a culture to where a high ranking officer can literally suffocate a man to death, and the other officers who I am 100% sure they knew, like, this is not gonna end well. I, right. I, am, I am sure they knew this is not gonna end well. But they thought that, like, through various circumstances, they were somehow able, they would somehow be able to get out of it or be okay. Because if they didn't think that, they would have told the officer, like, hey, you need to, to get off his neck. You need to start act, acting right. There are cameras on you right now. Like, mm-hmm. like the public is here. We are wearing body cameras. All the body cameras are turned off. Side note, um, that this is like it is a culture of a police problem. It's mm-hmm. not. There is always going to be bad people. There's bad people that work at the grocery store. There's bad people that work at McDonald's. There's bad people that work in businesses. There are great people that work in the in the police department. There are great people that work at the grocery store. There are great people that work at businesses. There are always going to be bad people. But what you can do is you can change the culture to where things like this cannot happen in a culture that's better than this like right. like that that shouldn't be able to happen in any workplace more or less the police
0: right and you know I think the first time I heard anyone say abolish the police or defund the police my first thought was like the purge <laughs> which I know you're into that Wallace movie. societies yeah. but like and that's what I think a lot of people think people mean when they say abolish the police but based on what I've read, I don't actually think that's what people are saying.
1: I think it means a lot of different things. And the way I, I was actually reading and listening up on this, uh, trying to study up for this talk, um, I believe that a lot of people think that it can mean abolish the police, but it doesn't always mean that. So in terms of in Camden, New Jersey, they did abolish the police. Yeah, because, I read that. Yeah, so they they... And by abolish, because the culture and the departments were just so corrupt, so bad, the unions were just blocking any type of change. So they abolished the police and, like, basically redid the whole thing. And now in Camden, New Jersey, I believe the exact statistics were um, police killings were down 60%. Yeah. Police killings were down 60%. And so in terms of Minneapolis, where the main calls for abolishing the police are happening and in certain cities. So I'll give you an example for Minneapolis um, and for the country as a whole. So in America, there's a lot of police. There's a police in every county or department or uh, whatever. For black people, um, a white, so a black person gets killed, three, is a black person is 3.5 times more likely to get killed by an officer than a, a white person. Right. In Minneapolis, a black person is 13 times more likely to get killed by an officer than a a white person. (sighs) 13 times.
0: Minneapolis, man.
1: And and that is just one of the issues. And so for their city council and their city council just voted to um, basically start defunding the police and start like basically dismantling it. And the reason is because before even the George Floyd situation, they have been having constant problems with poli- their, their police department. And so, but a lot of times the police unions are so heavily funded and so strong, that they, they just get things dropped. Like they've they had multiple cops that have been fired for police brutality, but because the police unions are so strong and their their departments are so strong, they'll get top-notch lawyers and they'll be rehired the next day, or they'll be... Uh, which this happens in a lot of different cities, I don't know, for the people that are listening. Sorry I'm speaking so fast, sorry. No, right. uh, for a lot of people that are listening, that in a, lot of term, in a lot of cases of police brutality, a lot of these officers don't even get fired, and if they do, they just get relocated to a different uh, station. Mm. And a lot of people do not know that. A lot of these cops are, I believe in the Eric Garner case, the, the, uh, the police officer that murdered him was relocated to. A, he was. He was from a different um, precinct in which he had uh, gotten, I think, caught for police brutality. But in in re, to to give people an instance of how strong police unions are and how strong um, the the laws are to support police officers. In the Eric Garner case, where the first the first instance, widespread instance of the "I can't breathe" situation, this was happened in 2015, I believe. Yeah, where like basically that. A, a guy was selling loose leaf cigarettes on uh, the side side of the street. He was hanging out, and a police officer confronted him. Basically, the, the situation got heated, and these things started happening. And then a police officer put him, Officer Pantalea, put him in a chokehold. And so, in the chokehold, he's saying, "I can't breathe, I can't breathe." And people are filming it. People are and the body cameras are on. He's saying, "I can't breathe." He still continues to choke him out. Eric Garner dies. Officer Pantaleo, the, the officer that killed him, it took five years for him to lose his job. Five years. Dang. This, was, this happened. He, he officially got fired from the police department last year. This happened in 2015. And so that's why as much as I'm like no progress is being done with, with what's uh, going on with George Floyd, at least they got fired like days after. Eric Garner's the guy who – so his family had to realize that this same man who murdered their member of their family is, still has a job for the police officer for five years. And there are literally police uh, members complaining and arguing to Bill de Blasio, the mayor of, of New York City, about why that officer was fired. Hmm. In what other job would that be acceptable In what other job could you do something of that magnitude, basically bringing widespread shame to your, we'll call the department as a company, and you would still have your job for five years. He was still getting paid up until last year. Right. And so that's why I keep telling people, like, it is not a one-off. Like, this is a culture systemic problem.
0: Yeah. um, You know, like, I was talking to my mom on Sunday, and she was – we were talking about how it sh- you should not be a- – talking about, the, like, for instance, in the George Floyd situation, how there's three other officers there. And she was like, well, when I'm teaching at school, like, if I saw a teacher, like, yelling at a kid in the classroom, I'd poke my head and it'd be like, hey, is everything, everything okay here? Like, we need to talk? Like, what's going on? Like, there is a – you know, I think in all of us a – um, a desire, not maybe not a desire, but just this gut instinct to like intervene in a situation that's going bad. Hero complex. Yeah. For me personally, I resist that instinct sometimes because I'm like, I don't want this conflict. Like last fall I worked at a gas station. The amount of times like my gut was like, Ugh, like step in, you know, and sometimes I would, I would speak to it and sometimes I wouldn't. And, you know, I just want like our police, especially to have a culture where that is not only like trained, but expected, you know, like sometimes you have to serve and protect people from your fellow police officer, which sucks. Like all of us understand the difficulty of like
1: turning your coworker in or something, your
0: coworker, your friend, like your partner, like whatever. But like that sucks, man. And so like, I think that that is where a lot of the defund the police comes from is like, look, we've been trying to make changes to policing for 400 years. We haven't really gotten anywhere. So let's just like blow it up and then start over. Yeah, It's not really saying like, hey, like no more police. Like, if someone robs a bank, who cares? Like, that's not, that's not. I've seen so many people, like, other white people on Facebook and Twitter saying, like, oh my gosh, like, it's going to be a madhouse with no police. Lawless society. And it's like, there's still laws. There's still other people. Like, we all have a duty as people to, like, stop someone from getting injured to stop someone from getting like hate speech like targeted at them, like all that stuff. And this will be the last thing I'll say
1: on this. Um I I recommend people to go um listen to I believe Kamala Harris, she's been talking about um just the difference of um in terms of defunding the police in not just about abolishing it but about about reimagining what police officers should be because in my opinion, what I always tell people is that like, sometimes I think that we understand as civilians understand how big of a job police officers being a police officer is. And a lot of police officers often don't understand how big of a job it really is because it, it, because I think they understand how dangerous of a job it is. But I think that we understand that like as being civilians, it's like, Oh, You can't do that. Like you, you are given a license to kill. Like you are, when you're a police officer, you're a trained fire, trained fighter who has the license to kill, basically. And so, it's like that is not anything that you should be taking lightly. And so, I think, I think you like I would recommend people go watch her if you look up um, Kamala Harris in regards to the police. She basically talks about reimagining. How police officers respond to um, violence, because they she was talking about having more social work type people responding yeah. to more people in regards to the homeless, regards to the people of the sick. Because right now, cops are supposed to do that. Cops right. are supposed to, are the ones supposed to regard uh, people with mental, mental illness and people with. And so it's like we're asking, we're now asking our police officers to be psychologists. We're now asking our police right. officers to be like to know expert level of de-escalation tactics with somebody who's probably not all there and so uh, how can we we can barely expect that of people who are trained psychologists like this is like we're supposed to expect police officers to do that it's the same thing with like the certain level of people that expect teachers the the big call for teachers to have guns in classrooms it's like (laughs) so now you're you're, so now you're expecting kids to have so you're not expecting teachers to be trained at shooting is that what you really want and so yeah right not to get off on yeah no definitely
0: I think that's definitely needs to be said um you know like as it stands now like if I'm worried about you like harming yourself and I call you know 862 8600 or 911 and I say hey my friend is at this address and I'm worried about them like they're you know they're having like bad thoughts or whatever a police officer comes to exactly. your house. Like, you know, even from a place of immense privilege that I experience, I still get, like, a little bit nervous when a police officer knocks on my door or pulls me over in traffic. That's not really going to help me feel better. Like, you know, and so I think that um, just, like, exactly like what you were saying, there's, there's so many different types of people with different types of training that we could use Exactly. Instead of, like, sending people who wanted to, like, protect, like, more, like, forcefully protect people or, like, whatever, we're also asking them to be exactly like you said, social workers. And it's, exactly. like, this is beyond, above their pay grade, beyond their training, like, exactly all sorts of stuff. Like, I don't know a single police officer that got into it to deal with mentally ill people. Exactly. You're you know, it. and I think that's hard. Um. So, um, while we're talking about different like cultural things that that people are feeling about the George Floyd situation, like I saw what you tweeted about um about like Fox News, um, and was that I don't know if it was Tucker Carlson or Wa- was, Those that, was that Waters World guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so, like, tell me about that. So, um, people that know me, uh, know
1: me, I I tend to have a, sh- a strong view uh, against Fox News, and um, not a lot of people usually ask me about it. And the reason I, t- I, I tell them, yeah, like, this is why I, I don't have a strong view of Fox News is because in these cases of police brutality, they always try to justify it. Every single time, you can you can go back watch every sing every single one. Always try to justify. They look in the guy's past. They look for, they look in the guy's um, or the the woman's. They'll say, "Oh, she was irritated. She had she had just smoked a little bit of marijuana, so she was trying to kill him." Like it it mm. is that blatant. So for me, when I tell when I tell people, I was like, "If I was ever to be murdered as a black man, if I was ever to be murdered as a, uh, by a, police, a white police officer." They would excoriate me on TV. They would find every time I might have cheated on a test. They would time the time. They would find the time I got sent to the principal's office. They would say that, oh, he's he's he used to he goes out and parties every Wednesday. Like he's a known drinker. Like like he he might have smoked marijuana or he might have done some drugs that like may not be acceptable to like most people. And so they would come up with. Every single thing in his past. they came up with the same thing for Trayvon Martin. They said, "Oh, well, he he had smoked a little bit of marijuana, so it's like he was clearly trying to murder um, murder George Zimmerman." Yeah, and so it is a rationalization of making black people the enemy. That is what Fox News does. And so I, I describe when oftentimes when people say ask me what has been the most dangerous thing for the black community, I say oftentimes I think I really do think it it's Fox news because every single time they will try to find some way to make a black man look guilty some way anyway, like anyway. And in that, that clip that I, I had tweeted out, it was Jesse waters was basically throwing out random accusations. Right. Like about how saying that he had, that George Floyd had worked in a club. So as a security guard in a club, so a plus b equals c and that c was trafficking yeah he had jumped from he had worked in a club as a security guard to trafficking drugs and women and so it and there's no evidence of that there's no evidence of that at all but it's it's not about it's not about facts and it's not about truth. It's about putting that in people's minds. So when people hear that, they're like, oh, so I assume that George Floyd is bad. I assume that Cedric Duncan is bad. I assume that Trayvon Martin is bad because if, if they, if Cedric goes out and parties, then he was probably drunk when he assaulted that police officer. And that's a police officer had the right to kill him. Yeah. I don't assault police officers, by the way.
0: Right. Like, Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, even if the worst thing you just said about George Floyd is true, still didn't deserve to die at the hands of a police officer like that. Like, and I think that um, it's just like a culture of just what what comes off to me as, like, evil. Because I saw uh, someone shared a Tucker Carlson clip, which I'm sure I only see the worst clips, but still, like, if this is ever on your broadcast you should probably like fire the guy that's talking like this
1: basically also a side note fox news is the number one most watched cable news
0: station is that true it is 100 percent true like he tucker carlson was on there saying essentially um basically it was very much like the stuff that donald trump is spreading like make america great again like people are trying to take your country away. And it was like talking about people being racist towards white people, which let me just say for the record, if you are white in this country, no one can be racist against you because that is involving a power dynamic. You cannot be racist and be in not a position of power in a minority position that's not something that happens and so like as your friend please stop like acting like people are here to take your country like you know i was talking like there's nothing wrong with enjoying things that mostly only white people enjoy there's nothing wrong with taking your bow down on the lake wearing a cutoff and drinking a miller light while you're listening to luke bryan no one is going to take that away from you like what we're saying is that there's people that don't have the same level of privilege that you do and so we want everyone to be able to live their life and spend their saturdays and do the things that they want to do even though that's going to look different than what you want to do no one is stopping you from listening to like what you want to listen to but the the problem is that there are people in our media who are telling people that they are not going to be able to like their vote all of a sudden is is in jeopardy that their voice doesn't matter anymore that this weird like liberal elite whatever that means are coming to take what they love no one is doing that no one's coming for your lake house that's the facts that's the facts No one's going for your lake house. You heard it from Michael Klinger himself. So I just wanted to get into that because, like, I saw your tweet and I was like, yes. Like, they, like, and I was thinking, like, if if I was in that position, in, in the position of, like, George Floyd and I was killed by the police, nobody would be digging into, like, oh, my gosh, like, he couldn't even stay working at the gas station. Like, what kind of like person yeah. is this? I mean, they they brought up the
1: the instances of of like people like losing jobs and like how like oh they they didn't finish they didn't finish college, so it's <laughs> like oh so so that deserves him getting killed by police, yeah.
0: Yeah, and for the record, I enjoy wearing cutoffs. On the lake drinking Miller Lite, okay. Like it's not (laughs) saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying no one's taking that from you. Um, So, um, so you know, from the the perspective of um, being white in this country, especially like we were talking about before, like people who are just now kind of coming around to like, oh, I really care about this. This is wrong. So they're going on two weeks now of caring, and they've never cared about this issue before. And I don't say that in a bad way. I'm happy people are caring. But, like, even me, like, I have felt in the last two weeks, like, oh, like, this is, I'm so tired of this. Like, I'm so tired of talking about this. Like, I I don't want to be, really don't want to be doing this podcast right now, like, I want to be doing a podcast about The Bachelorette that we're not getting. Like, like, why do we have to keep going down here? And um, in those moments after, and we're like, oh, like there's people that have literally been dealing with this issue their whole life. So like from a from a perspective of a black person, like, like are you just tired of dealing with this all the time? Have you built up some sort of like, tough skin to it or like how do you deal with that personally
1: so what I tell people often is like the fight for racial equality is a marathon and not a sprint and you just have to take that as you will you it's not the stump it's not something that you can post about for a month and then go back to your normal life and then it's not something that um you can just like kind of eliminate, eliminate from your mind or like push to aside side because it's it's very it's very real um, and the things that happen just keep happening, and so it can be very tiring and it can be like feel a lot of times like there's no hope and there's nothing that you can do. I will tell people the thing you need to do, and I, I mean I could have saved this towards the end, but I mean like is number one thing you got to register to vote. All of this protesting, all of this talk, all of this posting, all of this, it means nothing if mm. people don't vote. Nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Like you might as well not post, you might as well not post talk about it. you might as well not uh, do anything. It means nothing if you don't vote. Because in terms of police brutality, and in terms of the culture of policing and the cultures of this country, there are certain, in terms of the case of Ahmad Aubrey, uh, the man that got killed out while jogging by by two white men, basically hunting him down in their truck. There are certain DAs, uh, district attorneys. There are certain uh, mayors, and there are certain county officials that let that case slide for two months. If you vote people like that out of office, the next people will know. That that is not acceptable. And but if those people stay in office, they're going to be like, oh, I can do this and get away with it. So wh- why would I stop? And the same thing goes with statewide elections. If you do not vote, if you're if your governor or if your your uh, area representative is not speaking out about Black Lives Matter or about like a racial issue that, or even like any type of issue that you support vote them out Mm -hmm. vote them out that is the only way they will get the the knowledge is like once people start losing their jobs they're going to start paying attention to the people and whether it's the president of this country whether it's senators whether it's mayors all the way down to your your council people if they are not doing what you want them to do vote them out because Like I said, that is the only way to make sure that they get the hint that like, especially people in our generation that like, this is not gonna fly for us. Like this is not okay, this is not acceptable. You not talking about this, you not making changes, is not acceptable. And so that's why I would say first of all, make sure you're registered to vote, make sure you're encouraging your friends to vote, all that sort of things. And then also I would say in another way to kind of keep up the fight, but like not exhaust yourself and realize think that life's hopeless after it um I would say just follow follow a couple of of uh social social justice accounts follow like sign subscribe to a couple of emails so it's not something that like you see every 10 seconds of the day but you get a constant uh uh, you get some reminder that like oh yeah like these things happen and then like maybe pick like an event to go to like every couple months And just, like, go and just, like, see what it's like. You don't have to be the person in the front row. But just go, maybe take a couple friends and just go see what it's like. And so, because if you try to get – it's just like working out. If you try – like, and this is a good metaphor. If you – fighting for racial justice is a lot like working out. If you – Everyone gets started at the beginning of the year, and they're like, I'm going to be in the best shape ever. And so they go super hard. They start working out and go to the gym every single day, and they're working out for two to three hours. They're like, I'm feeling good, but then they get tired of it. And they're like, oh, this isn't Maybe I'm not seeing the results that I wanted to, like, super quick. Maybe I should, like, wean back, and then they gradually start weaning back, and gradually start weaning back until they just don't go anymore. That's what you don't want to happen in terms of social justice. So in terms of social justice, start following a couple of accounts. Maybe start reading a book. Maybe watch a movie or two. And then every once in a while, just come back to it. Like, start small. Just come back to it. Maybe read a book. Talk to some people. Listen to some podcasts. Um, and just, like, talk to people about it. But don't saturate your life with it. And Like, right now, like, diving deep, posting a thousand things per day. Because you will get really tired of it because it's a really exhausting thing it's really it's really hard and hard and like heartache because like a lot of bad stuff happens Mm. and like like i can't tell you how many times like i got discouraged like you i i remember going to that the alton sterling protests and flan Castillo protests uh four years ago and like everyone there's so many people there and then four months go by nothing happens yeah and you're just like yeah So that's what I recommend is like people start small and just gradually like just keep yourself involved in it But don't get too saturated or you're just gonna burn yourself out.
0: Yeah, I I appreciate you saying that because I think the temptation like for people like me is Oh crap, this is horrible. I just found out about this I'm gonna make a sign. I'm gonna be at the protests all that and then for it to just Just out of sight out of mind. Yeah, you know, like never read a book by, like a black author never like expose ourselves to people who um are sort of doing this for their life's work and just to kind of like shrink back and so i appreciate um you saying that um so one thing like i know you have you have strong feelings about is this upcoming presidential election talking about voting do. um and um what like So, I'll just speak personally uh, so that you'll feel free speaking personally. Like, I did not vote for Joe Biden in the primaries. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not been excited about this man. Um, Can you explain to me why I should be excited about him? You should be excited about
1: Joe Biden because that is the he is the only opportunity that we can make any change in this country. If you are angry about the climate, if you're angry about racial issues, if you're angry about the economy, if you're angry about the way that coronavirus was handled, if you're angry about the way that student uh, loan debt is going on, if you're angry about the way healthcare... Side note, currently right now, probably when you are listening to this podcast... The Republican administration, Donald Trump's administration, is currently trying to rip the ACA, also known as Obamacare. They're trying to rip, they're trying to take people off of that. During a global pandemic, that that is what's happening right now. Hmm. That and that is what the fight against. So when people tell me all the time, and I don't I don't like I'm not targeting you, I'm not targeting anyone who's listening, but so when people tell me I'm not excited, and I'm like, what, what, for me, it's like, what do you not have to be excited about? For me, it's like, I'm so ready to go cast my vote against anyone who's not in this, this administration. Um, what I tell people a lot, um, as far as why you should be so ready to cast your vote for Joe Biden, or for, I would have said this for Bernie Sanders, I would have said this for Elizabeth Warren, I would have said this for Kamala Harris, uh, or any of, any of people's uh, uh, Democratic picks, or, or whoever, uh, that's not Donald Trump. I would have said the thing that people have to know is that elections have consequences. Uh, Barack Obama says this all the time, elections have consequences. Um, so right now, the people, so the Supreme Court justices and federal judges and all these things are all being put in place by a man named Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader. Currently, he is not appointing old white men to a lot of these federal positions. He is appointing young white men. So he is appointing young conservative white men that their sole job and focus is to make sure progressive policies for the next 30 to 40 years don't get passed. Mm. And so if Donald Trump wins another term, that will mean about 40 to 50 more years of, Political repercussions for the progressive movement. So, like all those things that I'm talking about in terms of like the climate, education. God bless our education system because it's garbage right now. Healthcare. All all of these things. Everything that people think, if you lean more progressive, or if you lean, or if you don't like the way that the country is going, everything that you think is okay now will be inherently. 10 times worse if he gets another four years in office because the judges and people that he will put in place will continue to make things like if he wins another four years he will have appointed half of all federal judiciary benches which will literally have repercussions not for our kids for like our grandkids so whenever you are wondering about why why you would argue about oh like why is there's nothing getting done about like climate? Is because people decided not to vote in this election. So when I talk to people about in terms of Joe Biden, in my opinion, and a lot of people, I imagine your audience may be white, uh, majority white.
0: I haven't seen the demographics, but I would assume I would probably. assume at least like ninety nine, probably
1: 99 90- percent <laughs> white. <laughs> I would say and this is going to get into a lot of things that like a lot of white people probably did not, especially younger white people probably did not realize when voting in this current election. Um, So Joe Biden had, they're probably, I I tweeted this out after he won the South Carolina, um, South Carolina primary. He won the South Carolina primary with against, he was running against, I think about six, six different candidates yeah was, South was carolina, the whole
0: crew was still in south it at that carolina point.
1: is ma- is a majority of black state uh in the democratic primary he won it by around 29 points um and people ask me all the time they're like why does joe biden have such strong black support um they're like they always bring up the 1994 crime bill which is their that's their 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 go-to thing to say they're like well, what about the crime bill like he put a lot of black people in jail and I, I mean I would agree with what yeah that happened and I would agree that a lot of black people do like him because he was Barack Obama's uh, vice president for eight years but I would say that the reason that he authored the 1994 crime bill is because a lot of these black area community church leaders and community leaders um, Reached out to him and was, was saying because he was the closest one to the black community. Joe Biden was the closest um, senatorial member to the black community. They reached out to him and a uh, high ranking senator in the black, and they reached out to him and say, "You have to do something about this. Like the violence in these communities, in black communities, is so bad. You have to do something." So, in a rush to get something done, they, in he, authored this bill and helped enact it. Did it have a lot of repercussions? Yes, but a lot. Of, what a lot of people don't talk about a lot of people that like to throw out the 1994 crime bill is that the CBC, two-thirds of the CBC agreed on this bill. And if you don't know who the CBC is, it's the Congressional Black Caucus. So basically what you're saying, what people are telling me is that so if two-thirds of the Congressional Black Caucus didn't push for it, then like is it really, like who was, who was for it? Because it's like Joe Biden was the only one who had close enough connections to the black community to know that it was something that they wanted to get done and so when i talk to people about joe biden he is he has been working in the black community for 40 years um basically his entire senate his entire time in the senate entire time in politics and so i had a lot i have a lot of white friends that would be like why do black people like joe biden so much like he just seems dumb it's because he is the only candidate and i've had i have so many older black people that would tell me. They're like, he is the only candidate that when they talk to a black person, it does not seem that he's just there to get their vote. Mm. He, they, that was the, their main consensus. Like I had, when um Joe Biden won the, the um basically the first round of Super Tuesdays, there was an older black woman that works in my office and she came in, she came over to my desk and looked at me and said, we did it. And she wasn't saying we as in like the Democratic Party. She was saying we as in black people helped Joe Biden get to the nomination. Because that is how much Joe Biden has meant to the the black community. Because he's trusted in the black community. And it's all about trust. It's literally all about trust with black people. Because black people tend not to trust white people. They just don't because people make promises all the time. And so that is why he has such strong support from the black community. And why I would tell, but that is what I'll say, if you want anything done on racial issues, anything, literally anything, compared to what's going on, please register to vote. Like, because, and I, I've been excited to vote. I would have voted for any candidate that's not running in the Republican Party. Any. So mm. that, I mean, that's my take on it because like I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I think it is a luxury to be able to say that. I've argued with this with people so many times. I think it's very much a luxury for people to say, I don't care about the presidential election. I don't care that that it doesn't matter, that blah, blah, blah. The culture is set from the top. The culture is set from the top. If you were like, oh, well, George Floyd still would have happened if uh, Donald Trump like wasn't in office or if a Republican. I was like, no, because actually, as Attorney Jeff Sessions, the- appointed by um, Donald Trump, Rolled back so many policing issues, so many things, so many uh, Obama era policing policies that they had put in place to stop the brutality. But Jeff Sessions rolled in back. And so yeah. that's why I tell people, I'm like, if you care about racial issues, register to vote. Like that's be excited to vote. Even if you hate Joe Biden, like that is the only opportunity that we have of getting anything done um, for basically the next 40 years. Hmm. So,
0: um, so how do you see things going between now and November?
1: Um, so I study- How crazy I, is it going to get? I, I study a lot of data, so I don't want to share it because I think that I, I feel like I would jinx it. If I... oh, Okay.
0: So it's kind of like an uh, Avengers Endgame. Like, Doc, have you seen that? I have seen it. Doctor, like Doctor Strange is like, if I tell you it won't happen. It's like one of those things.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I, I hate talking about this. I really do. But we don't have to talk. Um, about No, it. no, it's fine. I, 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 I don't know how I, I'm, no, but like, I think that like a lot of people told me they're like, Cedric, you don't understand. Like, you don't know what's going to happen with like the presidential, like the primaries, like you don't know what people are feeling. I'm like, I'm like, I really do. And like, I had people tell me they're like, Joe Biden's not gonna win. Like he they're like, he's not gonna win. He like he doesn't have the support, like it's gonna be Bernie Sanders, it's gonna be Elizabeth Warren or like all this stuff. And I was like, I don't think I, I told people, I I have friends that work in politics and like like and everything. And I, I said, you don't know. I was like, I you don't understand how much people want to get Donald Trump out of office and how black people tend to be very black voters tend to be especially older black voters tend to be keenly aware of how the country of where the country is mm. and black voters know that if there's going to be someone that's going to get the current person in the white house out is going to be another old white man
0: <laughs> mm.
1: yeah. and that person was not going to be a more progressive liberal white man is going to be someone that can appeal to the moderate middle of the road so why people are looking at the polls and this is i'm sorry this is getting into the data political analytics. please side of I, myself. i'm into it okay so we're good sorry people are about to dip into the politics side so if you want to skip forward uh this, this is about to get real <laughs> numbers wise so as of as of today um the most recent poll actually the trump campaign actually sued uh sued cnn for releasing this poll even though it's completely accurate but joe biden in the most recent poll he is up 15 percentage points on donald trump and a lot of people are very that sc- seems like a lot to me it is, it is it is a lot and a lot of people are the reason that most people aren't excited is because everyone has ptsd from 2016 and saying that like oh well hillary was up in the polls, like all this blah blah, blah. there are a lot of reasons that she lost that we're not going to get into that but he is doing very very well and despite what people may see on twitter and on on social media joe biden is not a social media candidate he's not he is he is yeah he is not he's his campaign knows that and he is but he is not he's not going to be the type of person that's going to have these 10 second slam moments where he gets at some somebody like that's not joe biden so like his campaign has really dived into that and they've said you know what the best way for us to get his message is to do, like, these long videos talking about the difference of Joe Biden in, and Donald Trump. These, and they're, like... So most most candidates, I think Donald Trump and both Bernie Sanders, his main, I guess, would be rivals at, at the time, yeah. were... They were mainly doing these, like, 10, 30-second ads. And they're, like, this doesn't work for a candidate like Joe Biden. Like, he's very long-winded. Like, he's, he's an establishment candidate. Like, he's been in the Senate for a long time. So it's, like, he can't just, like... To explain Joe Biden, you can't really just like have these 10 second moments. So they're like, let's make these two, three long minutes, which in social media world is a long time. And so and those are doing extremely well because for a candidate like him, that works. And so I think that um, he's doing well. And I I, I would I hesitate to say that is only going to get better because he's going to pick a female candidate. And so for a vice president, who do you think it's going to be? I, so, have,
0: I have hopes, but who do you think it's going to be?
1: So my list of top female, top female vice president picks that I want Joe Biden to pick is number three, Kamala Harris.
0: Number three. Number okay. two,
1: Kamala Harris. <laughs> number one, Kamala Harris. Yeah, I don't think there's. I don't think there is a better option. It uh,
0: seems like an easy pick. I think
1: they are trying to come up with every reason not to pick her because i think that she is the she is the um she is the assumed vice president at this point like i would i would be interested i think that they will probably have to release multiple statements about why they did not pick her if they don't choose her mm. because it's people will be like
0: why like yeah
1: yeah but that's i think she is the best option so
0: yeah um, so so we started at this, you know, we started talking about you, and then we started talking about just a little bigger circle of policing, and then we started talking about the bigger circle of our country. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about globally right mm-hmm. now. You're well-traveled. How many countries have you been to?
1: You should have asked me this before. Could have counted. Um,
0: Double digits? Probably scratching 40. Oh my gosh, yeah. Forty, so um, far, far more traveled than I. Um, and I've, I've been seeing online and on the news people all over the world who are protesting um, the state of our nation, uh, especially w- well with regards to the the race, the racism um, that 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 we're living in. So, how would you describe just people? globally view the U.S. right now?
1: Um, I feel like a lot of people kind of view the U.S. Um, and This is from, like, traveling in, like, from international friends I, I talk to. They're kind of just, like, what's going on? They, like, don't understand. Um, a lot of them are very confused at what is happening, and a lot of them don't understand a lot, of them, a lot of them don't understand the context of police brutality or the mm. um, context of slavery um, in this country and just the effects that it had. A lot of them don't understand, like, civil rights. and um, But they do understand the idea of, like, this man was murdered in cold blood. And I think the, the combination of um, the most recent... Of the ones four or five years ago, of uh, the killings forty or five years ago, um, and then these three with Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and um, George Floyd, I think just has kind of set people off over the con- because I think we oftentimes we've seen it so much that we don't even grasp how bad it is. Um, so like for us, I remember being in the train station in Vienna, Austria. Um, yeah in Vienna watching on the screen as people as other Austrians as Austrians were horrified watching um, I believe I can't remember his name but it was the video of the the uh, homeless man basically running away from a police officer and a police officer gunning him down in the back like mm. the man was running away and he had not done anything he had just like they were just trying to like apprehend him and they just shot him cold blood in the back. And I remember seeing like, like Europeans reactions to be like, what is like, like, why are people doing this? And mm. like a lot of people don't know this, that, but in a lot of countries, if a black person, like a black European is going to travel uh, to the United States and like they're, they're reaching out to a travel agent. A lot of the travel agents will say like, just to let you know, like police officers in America are known to kill black people. Mm. Like, that, that is the that, that real thing that they tell black men um, when they're coming to the United States, like, to watch out because, like, they, they have no hesitation to kill black people Cause that's, because that's what people see. And, then, like, I always tell people, like, this is just... A th- Remember, this is what people have to get in their mind is that if these are the things that the police officers are doing, these are just the ones that are caught on camera. What do you think they're doing when there's no video camera or how often do you think this this goes on and it's not recorded Hmm. and so all this is going on and so people in other countries are watching this and they're like like the America is in chaos like America is literally in chaos and so I think a lot of people just kind of have almost like a state of like pity because I mean like I mean you could say our economy was like pretty decent. Like, it wasn't amazing, but it was pretty decent. And so, like, now because of the coronavirus, like, uh, and, like, our government's handling the coronavirus, um, we now have 40 million people out of a job. And, and with the, the, the way that police brutality has gone, and the riots, and the chaos from that, um, and the protests from that, it's like, people are watching these videos, and they're just like, America is literally in chaos right now. Watching people get tear gassed outside of the White House, like, like, that is some, Third world country ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll censor myself. <laughs> That's some third world country ish going on. Um, that like a lot of people tend to like skip over, but like I just want to harp on this for a second. I want every all the listeners to understand that a couple weeks ago, or that was about a week ago, people were peacefully protesting outside of the White House, and Donald Trump, the current president, came out and made a statement and was basically like. I'm just gonna walk to this church that's in the same area that the protests are in so basically without warning the protest the uh, police and like uh, in riot police basically started tear gassing the peaceful protesters and pushing them out of that air ga- area beating them with batons beating them with riot shields tear gassing them like, and I remember watch, I, was, I was about to go on a run and I was watching it split screen as the president was talking and as these peaceful protesters were getting tear gas. And I was in this mental state of like, this is third world country type stuff. Like this does, this does not happen in Western, westernized reciv- mm. civilizations. Mm. Like this is insane. And so I want people to like put that in perspective, especially in terms of voting and like the fight for racial justice. Like right now, the situation that we're in is untenable. This can this cannot go on. Um, this cannot continue to go on. Um, whether this reaches a fever pitch, I think right now might be a fever pitch moment that we're at. But this does not. It's the same thing with school shootings in the sense of and like with this does not happen in other countries. It doesn't. Mm people will try to tell you that it does they'll say like oh uh, police police uh beat black people and they they do in terms of like religious persecution in other countries but to the extent that like are able to get away with it i mean bold faced. like this is like some third world country type stuff that we're getting into right now and i think people really need to like be aware of like what is going on in the country like this is this is dipping into some really crazy stuff. So yeah, I just right. want to point that out.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that that definitely, I mean, that, is, I think that there's people that don't know that oh, that yeah. legitimately happened.
1: Yeah. People do not know that people do not know that that
0: happened right. like a week ago. And, and, like, And there might be people like listening to this podcast, like, well, no, like, no, like that 100% happened. And like, there's no, there's no denying that. And there's no, there's not a good reason for that to happen. Exactly. Either. It is, it no is indefensible. To, yeah. It is and, indefensible.
1: And I, I really, I took pictures of it. And I really hope people, if you're listening to this, you should really go watch the, the video because I'm, there's videos of it on, on a, because every news channel had it side by side, split screen. And right. it's like they, they tear gas peaceful protests. The, the president and the president's basically his, his uh, riot police tear gassed peaceful protesters in washington dc yeah and it is it is unimaginable that that happened but like it is some third world country type ish.
0: it it, in many ways it feels like we are in some sort of like dystopian society like the hunger games or something like that where yeah stuff like that legitimately happens yeah Yeah. um
1: i encourage people to like really stay I, i tell people this all the time like I know it's depressing and it kind of sucks, but like stay up with the news. Like it is, this is the type of stuff that people are going to ask us about. Like, like our kids are going to ask about us. The, um, our grandkids are going to ask us like, what were you doing at the time? Like, were you paying attention? Like, and like, I just want to tell, like, I, I mean, I'm glad that I have been paying attention for quite a while because I, I really don't think people understand the extent of what's going on in the country. Like it mm. is, like There are open white supremacists working in the mm. White House. Stephen Miller, a top, a top White House advisor, is a white supremacist. Right. And if, you, if people listening, please look him up. Please do your research on him. Yeah. Like, it, it is very scary stuff. And like for me, it's like why, why I'm such an advocate for voting is because I just want to know that there are not white supremacists working in my White House. Because remember, we pay for that. Right. We're
0: taxpayers. We pay for this. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Um Dang. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely right. Um I think that's really all that I have for talking. Mean, do you have anything else you want to touch on before we wrap uh, it? I mean, let's see. Um I'm sure I mean, obviously there's a lot more we can yeah, talk about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess I I would I would just say um to end this um, to get like an insight for people that are looking to get an insight into like what black people are feeling. Um, obviously I don't speak for all black people. I, th- I think that this is, I think that, right. I think that my that voice should go without saying, yeah. but yeah. I think, I think my voice is, is pretty consensus of the majority of black people of what's going on and why a lot of black people are very adamant against current politics today. And, very um, adamant against police brutality. Um, but I would say, just think that, like, all of this isn't because of George Floyd. All of this isn't because of Ahmaud Aubrey. All of this isn't because Colin Kaepernick processes. All of this isn't because of Eric Garner and, and Trayvon Martin. All of this is because of years and years and years of the police officer and society, particularly um, white or Caucasian society, Continually sweeping this under the rug. Right. That is, that is what it's all due to. It is all because people are just like, it's not that bad. I'm just going to push it to the side. It's not that bad. I'm just going to push it to the side. Then the 90s come around. Rodney King uh, gets beat up in the streets and, and the LA riots happen. Oh, that's just a one off. We're going to push that to the side. Then camera phones start coming in. Then people start seeing it more and they're like, oh, it's not that bad, but I see that it's happening. And then Colin Kaepernick starts doing because he was one of the main celebrities that realized that like, this is an untenable situation that black people and that uh, Americans in general are living in. Like, Americans cannot live this way um, with the current police like this. And so we cannot, as as a country and as a culture, we cannot continue to sweep this under the rug, and that's why people are are going to be in the streets, and that's why people are going to protest. And I have contradicting views on like the rioting and all that stuff, um, but people need to understand that like there is nothing else left to do. Mm. Like people, like as Black people, we watched one of the most accomplished football players almost won a Super Bowl. One of the most accomplished football players that had a multi-million dollar contract. We watched him get blacklisted by the NFL. We watched him become basically hated by over 50% of the country. We watched the president, the president of the United States called him a son of a bitch live Mm -hmm. on TV. We watched that and people tell us, oh, wait, just have faith in the system. Colin Kaepernick is still out of a job. Mm. People are black. People are still getting killed in the streets. Riot police, are, in in the midst of trying to be trying to tell people that are all good people, riot police are treating people like garbage, tear gassing everyone left and right, beating people. Just right. don't care. And so, when when I talk to people that about this, I, I tell them like, what what else? Like there's nothing else left to do. So people are like, why are people rioting? Why are people setting things on fire? Like why are people doing this? It's like everything else has been done. everything right. they're like they've they've sent celebrities to go talk to the to the to the these high up officials. They try to they try legislation. They try all this stuff. Nothing works. So right. it's what you are seeing is people that don't have that feel like their voice is not heard trying to be heard right because. And I, I even have when I was talking to a friend about this because I'm basically I'm about to have I consider myself an elite. Um, other people, you're an elite. All these people, if you have if you have a if you have a um, if you have a, a college degree or a graduate degree, you're an elite basically. And so, because basically when you get to that level, you then feel like you have the opportunity to change something. You have power in society. You have knowledge. You have You have rationalization in terms of, of, of not even just education, but like you just feel, you you are more on a a level status. And so with, with society right now, there are a lot of people that are not elites or are in lower or are like even. I think this has been heightened by coronavirus Mm -hmm. in the sense of like people are out of jobs. There are people that are literally just trying to make ends meet. So you're you're talking to people that are trying to make ends meet that are out of jobs that some of them may not have the greatest amount of education that may not have the greatest amount of money and you're telling them yeah watch this video of, of a of a police officer that you pay that you pay choke a man or sorry not choke suffocate a man in the street for eight minutes and 40 seconds and you but you should let the system play out hmm So you're you're speaking to people that there's nothing else left to do. People have protested. People have marched. People have people have people have rioted before. People have we like I said, Colin Kaepernick did it on the largest stage. We've watched people try to make legislation. We watched the highest tier celebrities trying to make legislation. Nothing works. Right. Absolutely nothing. So people ask like, why are these people feel this way? Why are these people so angry? It's because nothing has worked. Absolutely nothing. Because up until this point. Basically, the majority of people in this country barely even realized that police brutality against Black people was a thing. Barely, right? And up until two weeks, and it, what it took was a lot of people being at home, a lot of people being on their phones, and a lot of people being out of a job, and the simultaneous killing of blatant, bold boldface killing and suffocation. Of three black people, two of them on video, mm. multiple multi-angle videos, for people to say, "Wait, black people matter." Mm. So it's just like, mm. I don't know. It's it's like it's this thing where you have to understand like everything has been done, and we're just trying to like make it. Right. And people are
0: really just trying to fight for their lives out here, so, right? Yeah. When you don't feel like. Your vote matters because it's being suppressed by the people in power. Exactly. You don't feel like uh, your protests, quote unquote, done the right way. Exactly. Um, are being are being viewed favorably. I mean, what what else is there to what, do? What what else like, is there to do? You know, like Martin Luther King said, riots are the voice of the unheard. Yeah. When when people literally are at their wits, and that is when things like that happen. Exactly. And, um, you know, I think that black people in our country are conditioned to deal with it longer than I would. And I can tell you that if time and time and time again, I saw someone with a similar background as me that looked like me, with the same degree as me, doing the same thing that I was doing, die and no one is fired No one is prosecuted. If that happened over and over and over again for hundreds of years, I think society is at its breaking point. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing right now. And I hope that instead of continuing with the unhearing and the unlistening, we can, as a society, sit and listen for maybe the first time. For literally maybe the first time in our country's history. Yep have equal representation at the table and hash this thing out from a position from equal position. I think that people are done with compromising. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I think people are done with incrementalism yes. and compromising. And I think people are saying, you said we were gonna start getting better last time in the time before that. In the time before that. It would be like if every day growing up your parents came and said, we're going to the zoo on Saturday and every Saturday came and passed. And maybe you went to the zoo once every year, even though they said every weekend they were going, that's the type of statistics that we're dealing with here. Yeah. And so like, what are you going to do eventually as a child, you're going to, you're going to throw a tantrum. You're going to be upset. You're going to, if they're not going to like, when you behave well, quote-unquote behave well when you don't get what they're promising you then then what
1: yeah and I'll, I'll say this and this is the last thing I say um I I always encourage people because this is this is the best way to look at it from black people's perspective especially from a black parent's perspective like my parents they gave me the talk when I was younger like hey like Black, like police officers going to look at you different. Police officers are going to treat you different because you're a black man. Um, so, like, I've always carried around with that. But as I am not a parent, um, but I can imagine and what I've heard from the majority of black parents and from a lot of uh, people, what they say is, like, we tell our kids, we tell our black kids, be respectful. We've seen. People we've seen black people on video and not on video get killed for being while being respectful. They tell black people, "Oh, have an education." Seeing people, I believe George Floyd had a college degree. Just doesn't matter. They tell black people, "Oh, be silent." That still still agitate them. And so there gets to a point, and they said, "Oh, well, you have to comply." You watch multiple videos of these people complying with the officers can't even can't even get past that. Already in handcuffs. Already in handcuffs. And so after watching the George Floyd video, what do parents tell their kids? What do black parents tell their kids? You cuz mm. you can't tell them anything. Because this man complied was being respectful was it was over $20. It was over a $20, possible $20 forgery. Right. He was being, he, he being compliant. He was being respectful. He was even saying, get off my neck, sir. He even had the muster to call him sir as mm-hmm. the man was suffocating to him, to him to death. And so you tell your black kids this. And then when you watch a video like George Floyd, there's nothing left to tell them. Basically, you're just going to tell them, hey, do your best, but at the end of the day, a f- cops can kill you and probably could get away with it. If there wasn't a video, Derek Chauvin, the police officer that would mur- murdered him, would be free right now. Mm. 100%. There is, there's no doubt in my mind. Mm. Absolutely zero doubt in my mind. If there was no video, um, I think the girl was about 17-year-old that filmed the video, if she got scared and like ran away and didn't film that video, that Derek Chauvin would be a free man right now
0: yeah probably so man that i think we can leave it there thanks yeah. for coming on man
1: no problem glad i got to thanks for thanks for inviting me on i love talking to you by the way everybody
0: michael is an amazing person so. <laughs> I, love him I paid very much. Ced- i paid cedric to say that <laughs> i love him very much <laughs> all right man thanks talk to you soon sounds good